Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Man, this priceless. Amen. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I got my orange on. I think this is my once a year color. Amen. And uh thankful tonight to be able to be with y'all on Wednesday night. How many are glad that we have family to be with tonight? Amen. Let's welcome those that are online tonight. Give them a big hand of welcome. Watching who knows where, all over the place tonight, around the world maybe. Amen. Touching the people who can't get here tonight and especially those who are elderly who would love to be here with us tonight. Amen. Tonight after, at the end of the service, we're going to be taking communion. Uh, if you didn't get one, we'll get you one near the end. And also, if you're watching online and you want to take communion with us, you've got time right now during the message to find some bread or some crackers and some grape juice. Um, and you can take it with us at the end of the service at the altar call. We're going to uh, celebrate what Jesus did on the cross for us tonight. Amen. Well, in this spirit of thanksgiving, I have a word for you tonight. How many came to get a word from God tonight? Amen. A powerful word. You know, every word is, is, is powerful, every word spoken is powerful, every, it, like I said Sunday, every word that sometimes don't even make sense or it's crazy, but, but I, I just am so excited to share something with you tonight. If I told you tonight, somewhere on this property, there was a box, and I had a key to it that had all the money you'd ever need in your life to do anything you ever wanted, I don't care if it's ministry, personal, whatever, how many would like to have that key tonight? Do I have any smart people in here who would like to have that key? Amen. Well, I've got a key for you tonight. I have a key for you that is better and more powerful than the key to a box that has all the money in it that you need. Amen. I want you to take, if you're taking notes, somebody got your Bibles. Let's see if you got your Bibles tonight. Put them up in the air. There you go. Amen. Look around at that. Let the cameras see that. Put them back up for a second. Look at all these Bibles. Amen. We, we, we thank God for technology. But we thank God for the Bible, amen, in our hands, and we're going to keep challenging ourselves to bring them, to search the scriptures, and, and to get into that, amen, tonight. So if you're taking notes, write this down, intentionally thankful. Intentionally thankful. This will make sense by the time this service is over, but I was studying this week and praying and, and looking at verses about Thanksgiving and and, uh, you know, this is a, a wonderful time of the year. It's, it's a time where, you know, culturally uh, we celebrate family. It doesn't really matter what's going on. Uh, it doesn't really matter what culture you come from. If you're in the United States, we celebrate this day. And, and it doesn't really matter specifically even what the roots are. Uh, we know it was a time when the, the pilgrims and the Indians got together and they didn't kill each other pretty much and, and had some food together. Uh, when they were getting, the pilgrims were coming to this country, and ever since then we've celebrated the day of Thanksgiving, and obviously it's lost, you know, like anything, it's lost its power over the years of what it truly means, but as believers we understand what Thanksgiving is, amen, we understand what Thanksgiving means, and my grandson says amen, and we're thankful, and so I, I mentioned this on Sunday, and this is, I didn't have any intention specifically, intention, no pun intended, uh, on preaching this tonight, but the Lord just kind of laid it out. And so here's the definition of thanksgiving. You know, we say the word all the time, and it's actually a word, 
It's not two words put together, although it's thanks and giving. But here's the definition, the expression of gratitude. That's what thanksgiving is, the expression of gratitude. And then it goes on to say right there in that definition, especially to God. Amen? Expression of gratitude, especially to God. So how many are thankful for things that, that maybe you, you, it's not directly tied to God, or you might think it's not tr- directly tied to God, but the more you serve God, the more you realize everything is tied to God. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. And so the expression of gratitude, especially to God. And so we, we, I said this on Sunday, being thankful is an attribute, a characteristic, a quality of a disciple or a believer that goes beyond, and you're going to see this tonight, goes beyond just a good attitude and having a thankful heart is super, super important. But I'm going to show you a key tonight, scripturally, straight from the Bible, that tells you that it's more than just something that's a good key or a good attribute. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. This is a key. But in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. As we begin to pray there, how many know that when you're praying the right way for somebody like Jerwan or praying for John's, John and, and uh, the Guzman family's dad and for whatever needs you prayed for or for this service, the, the, it, there's a spirit that comes behind the supplication and the prayer request that automatically turns to thanksgiving. You automatically, well, you, you, you will see that you are beginning to grow in the Lord. That When you are praying, you automatically say that prayer and then you begin to think and, and thank God as you're finishing that prayer. You're not wondering if He's going to do it. You're already thanking Him that He's already done it. That's the faith that you have that you're exercising. So He says, be anxious for nothing but in everything. And great verse by John in Ephesians saying mostly the same thing about being thankful and giving glory and honor to Jesus Christ. And it says, with thanksgiving, that again is an expression of gratitude, especially to God. And he says, let your requests be made known to God. So that's a very known scripture. That's a scripture we've read a lot and heard a lot over the years. But as I talked, this is what I really want you to pay attention. As I talked on Sunday about a key attribute of a disciple being a thankful heart, this is something that has to happen in your conversion experience. It's not something that happens automatically. It's something you have to do. How many know when you're doing something intentionally, it is exactly that. You are intending to do it. So if you have to do something intentionally, it's not something that comes naturally. And so some people don't understand that you need to be thankful intentionally. Not like, well, if if things fall into place, and and this is how we live our lives a lot of times, if everything works out exactly like I want it to work out, thank you, Lord. We thank Him when, when we're in the wrong place, when we see Him doing what we want Him to do, but that's not what He's saying here. He says, I want you to be thankful intentionally, I want you to wake up with an attitude of thanksgiving and your thanksgiving does not have anything to do with how the day goes. Your thanksgiving doesn't have anything to do with what the weather is. Your thanksgiving doesn't do, have anything to do with how good the turkey is or the ham or, or all the things that you're going to eat tomorrow we're going to eat tomorrow. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It has to do everything with the fact that God is on the throne. 
And he is alive and he is bigger than cancer. He's bigger than diabetes. He's bigger than a heart problem. He's bigger than a drug addiction. He's bigger than whatever struggle you're going through. And he's, he's God and he's awesome whether or not he moves. So you wake up with an intention of thanksgiving. You wake up and, and you thank God intentionally, not, not religious sounding, but intentionally that, th- that you're breathing. That I'm breathing this morning when I wake up and get to the edge of the bed. That, I, that another day has been given to me, so I'm intentional. That word intentional is going to be very important. Now, if you're taking notes, write this down. I said Sunday, one of the greatest attributes or characteristics of a believer is a thankful heart. But today I want to tell you, it's not only a great attribute, but it is a supernatural key to connect you to supernatural power. How many would love to... Now, this is just one of those messages where you just take it or leave it. It's totally take it or leave it. It's your choice. But how many would love to walk in the supernatural? I mean walk in it. Not, not just every once in a while see something, but walk in it. How many would love to walk in the favor of God? Not just have it every once in a while, but walk in it. Have, have the favor of God even going before you. And just knowing no matter what's happening, God's in control. God's on the throne. Again, Sun doesn't shine, weather's bad, no money in the bank, no food, whatever it is, doesn't matter. God is still good. You just have this thanksgiving in your heart because you're a child of God and you're, you're highly favored by God. And I know that every single one of us want to have this, but there's something we must do to have it, and that is to be intentionally thankful. Amen. Intentionally thankful. So there, listen again, there is a supernatural connection between the supernatural power of God and the spirit of thanksgiving. I'm going to read that again. That would be really good to write down if you take notes. There is, and I'm going to show you in the scriptures, this isn't just some kind of motivational speech. There is a supernatural connection. Now, how many of you put any kind of Christmas lights up during the Christmas season? How many, how many already have a tree up? Let me see your hands. How many already have some lights up? Some kind of Christmas direction, de- de- decorations. When you put those things up, how many know you got to connect it? You can have the lights, you can have the tree and all that, you want the house to be beautiful, but you got to connect the power source to the cord. And so we know today that God has all the power all the supernatural power that we need for any miracle, for any breakthrough, for anything to happen in God's, for God's glory. Anything, it's there, but we have to connect it. And so there's a connection, there's something that, that puts those two things together. The need of favor and the supernatural and the power of God is connected by this, by the spirit of thanksgiving. When you are thankful... When you are thankful, it connects the power source. And so the obvious, easy understanding of the opposite of that is, is when you are not thankful, it disconnects the power source. Right? That's an easy equation. So we have to have an intention every day that I am going to be thankful regardless of my circumstances. Are you getting this? 
regardless, again, of the weather and how the turkey was and what's in the bank and how I feel and what the government says and what the media says and what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter. I am intentionally waking up every morning with a decision made that I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to be thankful no matter what. Amen. Some of you are getting this, but let me show you in the scriptures. When you start to think, now I could ask people different, different, you know, I could ask what people think are the greatest miracles. I mean, oh, Jesus did a lot of miracles. A lot of miracles. But I don't think I'd get too many arguments, and I'm not talking about the miracle of him coming out of the cross, because there's no doubt that's hand down, hands down, and that was something him and the Father did together. But on the earth, when he was walking the earth, and he was doing his ministry, he did lots of miracles. And I, I, I would say, if someone asked me, what are the two greatest miracles in the Bible? Here's what I would say. I would say these two. The feeding of the 5,000 and the raising of Lazarus from the dead. How many would agree with me? I'm not saying you might have a third or fourth one there, but how many would agree those are two amazing miracles? 5,000 men, the Bible says. That's not including women and children from a lo- two, loaves of, two loaves and five fish. What is it, five or two? I, somehow I always get those messed up, believe it or not, after all these years. How many loaves was it? Two loaves and five fish? Or five fish and two loaves? Amen. Five fish and two loaves, is that right? I still get that mixed, mixed up. But it doesn't really matter because it didn't stay five and two. It went to thousands. So... Those two miracles are amazing. The the feeding of 5,000, and he did it more than once, and the raising of Lazarus from the dead. I'm just going to say those are the two greatest miracles that Jesus ever did. Now let's look at something. Let's look at John chapter 6. This is the ending verse. Jesus is feeding the 5,000. He's preparing to do this amazing miracle. And watch what Jesus does. Jesus took the loaves... And when he had what? Watch this supernatural key. When he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise of the fish, how much? As it was just talked about at the offering, more than enough. Overflow, abundance, as much as they wanted. We're going to eat like that tomorrow on Thanksgiving. But God wants us to have that in our lives every day, in every area, and especially in our thanksgiving to God. Overflow and abundance. But do you notice here that God himself, in the flesh, Jesus Christ, is about to do an amazing miracle, what I consider one of the two greatest miracles in the Bible. And what does Jesus do that causes the miracle to happen? He gives thanks. Do you see the supernatural connection between the supernatural power of God to multiply and the spirit of thanksgiving? Write this down if you're taking notes. This is so good. Multiplication from appreciation follows. Multiplication follows appreciation. Multiplication follows appreciation or thanks. It follows it. So what am I trying to tell you? If you are intentionally thankful tonight and you get a spirit of intentionally 
being thankful in your life, the spirit of supernatural power begins to follow you. But this is like tithing or like anything else that's a principle in the Bible. You can't just do it once and expect God to do a bunch of miracles in your life. You have to live it. You have to continue to do it over and over and believe that it works. And I know there's some people in here who would agree with me who've been saved long enough to know that the longer you live in a life of intentional thanksgiving, the more you have the favor of God on your life and the the power of God in your life and the supernatural in your life. It doesn't mean ever that you don't have problems. It doesn't mean ever that you don't have circumstances that seem dire. It doesn't mean ever that you don't get sick or have struggles. It means God always comes through 1,000% of the time and does a miracle in your life because you are a person that is intentionally thankful did Jesus have to give thanks being God did he have to or was he teaching us something was he showing us a key now here's the other one Lazarus let's look at John 11 same chapter or same book I should say Verse, chapter 11, verses 38 to 44. We're going to read a few verses here. Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, a stone laying against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha says, Lord, by this time, he stinks. He has been there for four days. And Jesus said, did I not say, I want you, this is what God wants to tell you tonight. Have I not told you, am I not telling you tonight, that if you will have an intentional spirit of thanksgiving, I will show you the glory of God. How many want to see the glory of God? I mean the glory of God, the unexplainable, unmeasurable, no way to even put into words what God does, and we've seen it, but how many want to live in it? He said, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? But then he goes on to do something else. Watch this, verse 41. Then they took away the stone from where the place, from the, the place where the dead man was lying, and what did Jesus do? He lifted up his eyes. Now realize, church, the miracle had not happened yet. Matter of fact, if you want to think about it, it had gotten worse. Now the tomb's open. If he had just showed up and, and prayed for the miracle and, and nothing happened, no big deal. The stone's closed and it doesn't stink. And, but now if the miracle doesn't happen, it stinks. He's made a disgrace of a dead body. That was a humongous problem back then. I mean, you would have heard shrieks, custom-wise, tradition-wise, when they opened that tomb. Shrieks of, he's going to mess with the body of a dead person? I mean, it was customs, tradition, bad to do that. So it is now worse than it was before. He's dead. Now he's more deader, stinkier, and now the tomb is open, and he's really put himself out there. But he says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I thank you that you have heard me. Watch what he says. Then they took away, or sorry, then I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this. Said what? Thank you. 
that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he said these things, when he said, see the key? Now, when he said these things, what did he say? Thank you. He cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And what happened? He who had died came out hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth, and Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. Amen? But it said, go back to the verse before in 43 or 42, go back to right here. When he had said these things. See, see, see it's thanksgiving is something you say, but it also comes from a heart of believing. And you're thankful, and, and it, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean, it does not say there that Jesus felt anything. You don't have to feel thankful to be thankful. You don't have to feel like everything's right. You just have to intentionally say, Lord, I'm going to thank you. It's looking bad, and it's looking worse, and it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. But let me tell you something. This is going to take some shackles off some people tonight. All God's waiting for you to do is lift your hands and begin to thank Him and praise Him in the storm and watch the things begin to fall off your life. But He's just waiting for you to thank Him, whether you feel like it or not. Again, take it or leave it. I thank you that you have heard me and I know you always hear me you know, you know what that comes from? experience one of the things that I can say and I, this is just another thing that happened this week that was really cool and I'll tell, tell you later but it just doesn't really matter it's just cool things that happen the longer you stay in the gospel the longer you stay in God does things and shows you things and, and, and you get this experience in you that you can, you can thank God in the midst of horrible circumstances and people look at you like, what is wrong with that person? How in the world are they happy? How in the world are they thankful? How can they say thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to see your glory? How can they say thank you for this, this struggle that I'm going through? Because you have experience. Jesus, remember, was walking in the flesh and he was seeing miracles after miracles, but he still had to fight his flesh. And so he is saying here, I, I, I know that you've always heard me. So he, that means, God, you heard me last time I prayed. And you heard me the time before. And, and basically what he's saying is, God, you've never not heard me. How many realize God has never not heard your prayer? He doesn't always answer it the way you want him to answer it. But he heard it. And he answered it the way he wants to answer it. And the quicker you get to the understanding that it's not my way, but His way, the quicker you'll say, thank you, Lord, for this circumstance. Because God's doing something, and, and sometimes the worse it gets, the bigger the miracle. Amen. Now, write this down. Jesus gave thanks in seemingly hopeless situations. You know what's so awesome about the gospel? The more hopeless it is, the more amazing the miracle. Listen to this. The more hopeless the situation, the more possible for a miracle. We get like, God, what in the world are you going to do? How are you going to do this? When are you going to do this? 
And God is just saying, I'm, I'm just throwing water on the sacrifice. Remember that? I'm just putting water on the sacrifice. Because I'm going to get the glory for this, and I don't, this isn't enough glory for me yet. See, God's allowed to do that. We're not. We humble ourselves. But God is God. And He can brag, and He can boast, and He can... As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us the reason we live is for us to glorify Him. He lives to be glorified. And so he's just saying, man, if they, would, if they would just get this key of thanksgiving intentionally, I could get the miracle done faster. But instead, they're murmuring and complaining and whining and why me and why this and when, how and all this. And God's just saying, I, I, I'm just waiting for you to thank me. Because when you thank me, that means you believe that I'm able. Did anybody get that over here? I'm just waiting for you to thank me, God says. Because when you thank me, it means you believe I can do it. Amen. Let's begin to close. Watch this. Does anybody know anybody in the Bible? Oh, let me, let me throw out a verse out real quick. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. I believe this is the verse I sent out today. I think. Maybe it wasn't. If it's not, it's a good one. In everything 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 what is the definition of everything everything it's kind of like John with the five year old it's easy right everything means everything that means the good not so good and the bad and the real bad the good the bad and the ugly he says, in, see, this is the key. And I, and I believe tonight some people are going to catch this. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. There, I'm not going to say the story tonight, but it just reminds me of that story of, of uh, and I forgot her name now, the famous missionary, woman missionary that was in Germany. Corey Tinboom. Her, her and her sister they had to tell a story about being thankful for the fleas. And, and the story goes on later to say why they were thankful because the fleas got them out. And the fleas, so them out, the fleas kept the, everybody away from them. So they couldn't come beat them. And they couldn't come mess with them because there were so many fleas around them. And so they found out that they were thankful for the fleas. In everything, give thanks. When you, when you have an accident or, or something falls short or, or there's a sickness or, or what you want doesn't happen or, or you're struggling on something, God is just giving you an opportunity to express faith and tap into the key of supernatural power by thanking Him even for the bad things. Somebody's going to get it. I'm telling you. This is straight from God. This is a, this is a key to the supernatural. Is, is any, does anybody think there's anything God can't do? Is there anything God cannot do? Is there anything that's not possible for Him? No. Then what's hindering it sometimes? Our murmuring, our complaining, or our lack of thanksgiving. Again, in everything. Can you just say that with me? In everything. 
In, under, in other words, in all circumstances. In all circumstances. Now, has anybody ever heard of David? Not David Guzman, not David Quintanilla, not David Tyru. David from the Bible. Amen? Anybody ever heard of that guy? How many know he had some struggles? But there was something in David from the Bible's life that is so powerful. I'm going to end with this and show you this. And this is, this is going to sum it up. And, you know, David was so powerful and so awesome in the Bible and so used, even though he made great mistakes. How many are thankful, not for his mistakes, but that God can still use you after you've made some mistakes? How many are thankful for that tonight? He was a murderer and an adulterer, and I'm not telling anybody in here you should be those. Don't even try to be those things. But he, he used that, that man who was a murderer and adulterer, and, and Jesus came from the son, is called the son of David, from the lineage of David. That's how powerful David is. But the reason that David had so much favor, listen to this, and he had supernatural favor on his life. He, he was almost like, a, like, a, like in the animal world, like a cat. You know they say cats always end up on their legs? Like no matter what you, what, how they fall or where they fall from, cats fall on their legs. David, no matter how many times he fell or how many times he messed up, he always came out on top. He always came out of the situation. Joseph was also very similar to this, but I want to show you something to end with. This is a key. Even though he'd made some mistakes, even though he had failed and fallen short, he came out on top, and here's the key. Psalms 55, 17. I'm going to read this, but, but take that off for one second and write this down. This is very important. And this is not a number to be religious with. It's a number to understand that David was intentional with his thanksgiving. The Bible tells us that David prayed ten times a day. Ten times a day. That's got the Muslims beat by two. Amen. Ten times a day. Now, how many know in the New Testament, Jesus always takes it further? How often are we supposed to pray? How many times a day are we supposed to pray? Without ceasing. All the time. All day. We're supposed to be in an attitude of prayer all the time. But in the Old Testament, David prayed ten, specifically, ten times a day. Look at Psalms 55, 17. Evening and morning and at noon. I will pray and, and, and this is for those of you that have not learned yet to open your mouths when you pray. I'm just going to throw that in there and chase that rabbit real quick. Those of you who's, who still think that meditation is, or, or silent prayers is what the Bible says. What does it say? How did he, how did he pray? Oh, I know the ones that don't, don't want to. You ain't going to answer it, are you? Cried aloud. Aloud. Amen. We're not afraid to be loud. When we pray, and that's what we say, when we pray, don't let us pray alone. It's not for the person up here to say this beautiful prayer so that everybody can listen to the eloquent words. It's prayer, corporate prayer, for us to all cry aloud to God. And boy, it's like a roar in here when people open their mouths and lift their voices and begin to cry out to God and cry aloud, amen, and pray to the King of kings. And he says, he shall hear my voice. Amen. And, and if you say, Pastor, are you talking to me? Yes. 
Yes. You don't have to shout, but learn how to open your mouth. Because we sure do open it when we're mad. We sure do open it when the Cowboys are winning. Amen. We sure do open it when, when the Cowboys are losing. Right? So we got to open our mouths even more so for the Lord. That, that was free. I had no, no intentions of doing that. Amen. And I am wearing Bronco colors tonight, and Pastor Mario's wearing cowboy colors. So we just switched it up a little bit. Now watch this. Psalms 119. How many times a day did I tell you he prayed? Look at this. Seven times. See if anybody catches this key. Seven times a day, I praise you because of your righteous judgments. So three times a day he prays, seven times a day he praises. He thanks God way more than he prays to God. Someone's going to get this right here. I can feel it. I can feel it. I can feel no resistance here. A person who understands praise and thanksgiving is a person who walks in the supernatural power of God. And you'll find yourself getting to a place where you pray and ask for things so little because you're too busy thanking Him and praising Him that you don't have time to ask for anything because you just have this intentional thanksgiving in your heart. And, and you don't have to have all the things that you think you have to have. Your intentionality, if that's a word, your intentional thanksgiving finds it's not waiting for a circumstance to be thankful for. It's looking for a th- circumstance to be thankful for. Oh, that was much better than that amen, but that's okay. Seven of those ten times he was thanking and praising God. Musicians, as you begin to come, please. Write the word down again if you haven't already. Intentional. 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 I'm going to make an effort. I'm going to look. Again, I'm going to look for the opportunities to find things to thank God for. If anybody has ever had a, any kind of conversation with me, if I've ever asked you, this is what I'm trying to say, if I've ever asked you, how are you doing, and you tell me I'm okay, or I'm all right, you know the response I'm going to tell you. No, you're not. Because okay is in the hospital. Okay is in jail. If you're not in the hospital and you're not in jail, you're not okay. You're good. Amen. Does anybody agree with that? So when we say that, and sometimes we, and I know people that I've never heard them say, and I'm not talking about anybody in here, I've never heard them say anything but I'm okay. That means they're never good. Like, you, ne- you never have a good day? I've, 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 I have people I know, God is my witness, I've never heard them say, I'm good. Oh, I'm doing good today. It's always, I'm okay. Let me show you what okay is. Go, go look at a jail cell. Go look at a hospital. Okay, because I'm alive. Amen? Those, those, that vocabulary, and if that's you tonight, you can change that. Because you're not being intentional on thanksgiving you're not being intentionally thankful you're you're saying i'm okay because that means my circumstances aren't where i want them to be so it means your 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 happiness and your joy 
comes from your circumstances. I guess I got to move on. Paul and Silas, Acts 16, last verse, had thanksgiving in their hearts and something supernatural happened. See, the reason I say this is because here's some guys in jail. And they weren't in an American jail. They probably had mice and rats running around. It was probably wet. It was probably like that movie you've seen or that show you've seen where they show the dungeon. Chained up, hands and feet, shackled. So they were okay because they weren't dead. But what did they do? The jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stock. So I'm looking around to see if there's anybody in stocks here tonight. Anybody got stocks on their feet? Hello? No? No stocks? So you're not okay. You're good. You're not sitting in an inner dungeon tonight, are you? With feet in the stocks clamped on you? That, that's where they were. That's a pretty bad circumstance. So every time you think you're having a bad day, besides reading Job, if you just want to go the easy route, go to Acts 16 and remind yourself, Paul and Silas were in jail in the inner dungeon, clamped with stocks on their feet because they were bad people and had hurt people. Is that why they were in jail? Why were they in jail? For preaching the gospel. For preaching the name of Jesus. And what did they do? They, they looked at each other and said, How you doing? Oh, I'm okay. How you doing? I'm okay. Is that what they did? Does anybody know what they did? Well, let's look at what the Bible says they did. Look at that next verse. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and complaining and saying, God, why have you put us in this situation? Why are we here? We have done nothing but preach the gospel, done nothing but do the right thing. Why look, why look at us, God? Is that what it says? What did they do? Singing, praising hymns to God. This is another reason. I, 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 you know I got to get you somewhere. This is another reason you ought to lift your hands in church. Because you can. Because you can. Hello. Let me just get everybody to do it real quick. Can you just lift your hands just to show me that you're able? Look at that. You know why we do that? Because we can. I got a mama who would love to lift her left hand. She would love to lift her left hand. She can't. So she lifts her right. She would love to stand up and worship God, but she can't. So she worships God in the, in the wheelchair. But they were arrested in an inner dungeon and clamped with stocks on their feet. We don't know if they had it on their hands or not, but whether they did or not, they sang praises to God. And y'all know the story. As they began to worship and intentionally thanked God, the shackles began to break off and the prison doors miraculously flung open and a revival hit the jail and even the jailer got saved. He said, what can I do to be saved? Father, I thank you tonight for intentional thanksgiving. Being intentionally thankful. God, this is a take it or leave it message. I can't do anything more than present it. It's a key. I believe it with all my heart. 
I want to walk in it. I want to live in it. I want to be intentionally thankful. I want to find what things to be thankful for. Lord, I thank you that you have spoken your word to us tonight, and I thank you that fruit is going to come out of it. Not only here in this service, but online, someone watching and somebody listening is being ministered to right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is a key that can change somebody's life tonight. The two greatest miracles Jesus did, he gave thanks, and it unlocked the door to the supernatural. God, when we're thankful, our hearts are pure, our hearts are right. We, we are intentional about finding things to be thankful for. It doesn't matter what our circumstances are. It doesn't matter, Lord, what's going on in this world. You are higher and greater and above all our circumstances tonight. And I pray that you set a fire in someone's soul tonight and let them understand that you're on the throne and that you're an awesome God and that thanksgiving opens doors. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place, you know this is the moment where we give people the opportunity to be saved. You might be in this place and you might have been coming to church for years. You might be watching online and this is the first time you've ever heard the gospel. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. And the Bible says he loves you and he died on the cross for your sins. And today, you can have the greatest miracle that's ever happened in the world, and that's salvation. Jesus dying on the cross to take your place so you could be saved and forgiven. How many in this place, all across this congregation, could say, Pastor, before we leave tonight, I need to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Just lift up your hand. Put it right back down. Say, pray for me. All across this place. Maybe you're backslidden, you're running from God, you need to come home. Never get tired of the opportunity because there may be a time when you need this opportunity to get right, to get your heart right with God. Maybe you're watching online and that's you tonight. You need to be saved. You need to be born again. We're going to say a prayer right now. I'm going to ask everyone to stand on this Wednesday night. We're going we're to take communion here in just a moment. But I want to ask you to say this prayer with me because we don't know who's watching tonight. Oh, I do want to testify and give God glory. We, we got an email this week and Chris forwarded it to me that somebody downloaded our podcast for the 50,000th download. 50,000 downloads. That's pretty amazing. Amen? That means this little church is reaching lots of people. We don't know who and so... You might be watching right now. We don't, we don't really have uh, the perfect way to track where from, but we know it comes from all over the place. And so we're going to say this prayer together as a church because this is the heart of our church, is souls. That people would be saved tonight. That people would, because tonight Jesus could come back. Be the best Thanksgiving ever. Tonight someone could pass into eternity, and tonight this might be their only moment to hear the gospel. We're not going to miss it. So say this with me. Lord Jesus, I love you because you first loved me. I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I fall short of your glory. I'm not worthy. But by your mercy and by your grace, you loved me enough to take my place on the cross 
You became that perfect sacrifice. You took all my sins upon you. So tonight, I can put my faith in you. I believe in you. I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe in my heart, God raised him from the dead. Tonight I'm saved. Born again, forgiven by the precious blood of Jesus. Wash me clean. Make me a new creation. And write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's... Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.